Yes, a football podcast. The NFL Draft is one week away. NFL fans are clamoring on social media, just upset that their favorite players are not at voluntary, I repeat, voluntary workouts that have started for most teams. And we got a player that wants to be on the move like some others that have been on the move this offseason. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL Insiders with USA Today Sports Plus. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of It's a Football Podcast. Uh, Tyler, let's get right into it, man. Debo Samuel wants to leave the San Francisco 49ers. They want to give him a contract. He doesn't want to sign it. I don't know what it is about that Bay Area, Producer Emily, uh, that, you know, Debo Samuel no longer likes anymore. Had a great season under Kyle Shanahan and new Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel last season. Uh, a wide receiver turned running back. Um, he really took the league by storm last season. Um, and now he's entering into uh, some contract talks towards the back end of his rookie deal. Uh, Tyler, what's what's the latest on Debo Samuel's situation? I know you've been on top of it for a while now. So I peeped what you said about it's better than that. Way. I knew what you were trying to do there. Oh, yeah, what happened? Just doubled down with it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the better than L.A. Yeah, I mean, why would I you never, want to leave San Francisco I, if the day's I, I better than said, L.A.? I never said that. But mm, the day's okay. better than L.A. <laughs> now, I will say this. You know, uh, NFL sources did tell me that the 49ers have tried to engage uh, Debo Samuels about a new contract extension, but he is not interested for whatever reason. Now, there's been talk that he wants to be closer to home in South Carolina. Mm. There's rumblings that he wants to be a prototypical receiver and not a wide back, as he jokingly uh, called it before. He doesn't like his uh, way that the 49ers use uh, him in the backfield often, especially during uh, their playoff run. And, you know, he just wants to change the scenery. Um, he requested a trade uh, from the 49ers, as uh, I reported and multiple others reported too. The 49ers, they do want Debo Samuel. And they, I mean, they have the leverage at this point because he's under contract through this season. Um, he's a second round pick, so they don't have the luxury of placing him under the fifth year option, but they can franchise tag him. So they do have his rights, at least for this coming season and possibly next season. And they do view him as not only one of the best receivers in the NFL, but arguably the best player on their team. Yeah, Tyler. So Debo Samuel is entering the final year of his rookie deal. And as most players would love to have, um, and Debo is probably on the end of he has the luxury to kind of make this fuss about it, whereas other players kind of have to just play their final year of the deal and 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 eat that and, you know, hopefully go back to the negotiating table in the offseason when they are free agents. But, um, you know, Debo Samuel's seen, just like every other receiver in the league has seen, Devontae Adams get a trade out of Green Bay to the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. and get, you know, more than $60 million guaranteed. Uh, they've seen Tyreek Hill leave the Kansas City Chiefs and go to the Miami Dolphins to get more than $60 million guaranteed. They've seen Christian Kirk leave the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals as a free agent and get a whole lot of money from the Jacksonville Jaguars in a really, really kind of unique tra- contract situation there where he definitely came up and people are kind of looking at Jacksonville like, How, why, why are you paying him so much? 
Um, but these three deals alone opened the eyes of all the wide receivers and their respective agents and their respective teams this offseason. Um, you know, Debo Samuel's not the only one who has their eye on everybody else and what's going on. I would imagine DK Metcalf in Seattle also took notice. I would imagine AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans also took notice. I would imagine Terry McLaurin with Washington. Mm-hmm also took very much notice of everything that's going on and the money that's being around. And even guys like our favorites, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, like, man, we can't wait to get to year three. We can't wait to get to year three so we can do some negotiating of our own too. And also let's not forget to mention Cooper Cup, who was the best receiver last season, triple crown winner. Um, and it's seen Christian Kirk take more money than him. So, you know, there's a bunch of receivers looking to, I don't want to say make a fuss, but, to be paid adequately compared to the top tier guys that are in the market now. Um, Tyler, one thing that you said is kind of, you know, stuck out to me was Debo Samuel didn't like the way he was used. And um, I find that, I don't want to say I find that hard to believe. I can see why as a receiver, you don't want to be running through the tackles doing running back, uh, you know, runs during games. But um, I mean, for Debo it worked out, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Mike, and Mike McDaniel put him in positive situations to help that offense move. And it seemed that points last season where he was the bulk of their offense. Um, like you said, they value him as the best player on their team. So that's better than George Kittle, better than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance right now. Um, you know, you don't have a real standout running back anymore. Um, so for, for me, I see him as the ultimate weapon, the ultimate playmaker for San Fran. And if he goes, there goes their chances of, you know, reaching the NFC title game again and beating the Packers or reaching the playoffs and beating the Packers like they did last season. Who has the shortest lifespan of any position in the NFL? It's running back, correct? It's going to be the running backs, yeah. And they also have the smallest contracts of people getting re-signed too. Bingo. So when you're a receiver and you play the running back position a lot, you're getting those extra hits on your body. I believe Debo Samuel was the most hit receiver in all of football last year. So mm-hmm. you, you're accumulating all those hits, and they also want you to line up on the outside. So sooner or later, that's going to take a toll on your body, and it'll really be obvious as a receiver if you're running out there like a running back and <laughs> you're being covered by defensive backs. So from Samuel's viewpoint, he doesn't want to have all that mileage on his body that running backs have to go through and then line up out there at receiver and look like hot garbage. (laughs) So I I get from that standpoint, because when you have a lot of tread on your tires and you aren't, um, you know, you're long in the tooth as a running back, you can kind of hide that as a running back for a little while. Ezekiel Elliott, he's not the same running back anymore, but you can hide that a little bit because you're in short areas where there's not a lot of space and you're running maybe five, six, ten yards, you know, at mm-hmm. a time. As a receiver, you have a whole bunch of open fields. So if you're slow and if you don't have, if you lost a step or two or three, that's going to be abundantly clear as opposed to a running back when you can kind of hide it a little bit and you can play a little bit and still be effective if you lose a couple steps because you're not running to try to, you know, get by defensive backs. You're running in between a tackle, slower guys. And a lot of that position is uh, predicated to, you know, strength and just, you know, other vision as opposed to receiver where you need quickness 
you need speed, you need explosiveness. And if you're playing running back and getting beat up, <laughs> that ain't going to last outside. Tyler, and, and more than anything, where you talk about the things like you need as a, as a running back, which is, you know, not being afraid to run through the tackles and not being afraid to take hits. And as a receiver where you need speed, separation, agility, all these things to play both positions, you, you need availability. You need, mm-hmm. you need to be available. You need to be healthy. You need to be on the field. Um, you know, Debo Samuel started 15 games of the, of, of 16 last year. So missed one, I believe. Um, but still his, his numbers were incredible last year. 1400 yards receiving. Uh, had about, you know, 365 yards rushing, but he had eight rushing touchdowns. So you see the ability for them to use him and how they use them along with six receiving touchdowns last year and 77 catches. Um, you know, we don't see these Swiss Army Knife kind of players because of the fact that running backs do what running backs do, receivers do what receivers do. Mm-hmm. They're both coached to do respectively what they do. And it's kind of hard for a player as well to kind of know both aspects of the game plan or both aspects of what the running back or both positions need to do in order for them to be successful. <clears throat> you know, I'm here with Debo Samuel. I understand with him. I kind of sympathize with what you said as well. He's playing two positions. He's getting hit more than other receivers. He doesn't want to be undervalued as a receiver. He wants to be valued as a receiver in terms of contract money. And when you factor in all the contract money that's been going to receivers and his weaponry and what he's you know, able to do, I understand why he wants to get paid and have something more long-term and maybe, just maybe, not have as many running plays as a running back and have some more as, as a receiver. This um, situation also kind of reminds me of Devontae Adams' situation because you have a team that wants a receiver. Uh, the Packers wanted Devontae Adams back. They uh, had a deal in place for him to sign, but he declined, obviously. And Debo Samuels, the 49ers want him in San Francisco and want to negotiate a lucrative contract with him. But the receiver for multiple reasons, does not want to be there. And yes, we talked about the, you know, his usage. Uh, then I've heard, you know, he wants to be closer to home. He's from South Carolina. South Carolina doesn't have a team, but the Panthers, I'm not reporting anything, but the Panthers are close. They're close um, enough. They're, they're close enough. Um, you know, I know the Jets have salary cap room. They, they could be interested. So there are a lot of teams. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs come to mind. Those Green Bay Packers come to mind. Uh, there are a lot of teams on, you know, east of the Mississippi River that need <laughs> uh, a wide receiver. So it's going to be interesting because it that without Debo Samuel, the 49ers aren't in the NFC Championship game. And I look across that NFC West division. Every team has gotten significantly worse or has not improved this offseason besides the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, and by the way, they're Super Bowl champions. So (laughs) the Rams are sitting back like, yeah, I mean, we just got Bobby Wagner. (laughs) You know, yeah, we still got Cooper Cup. We still got the best overall player in football in Aaron Donald. I, yeah, Kyler Murray's in a contract situation. Everybody's all that. Russ Wilson's gone. Debo uh-huh. Samuel want to leave. We're sitting back. We just got our draft house ready in the the Hollywood Hills, and now we're ready to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're gonna go enjoy. We're gonna yeah. go enjoy the draft at our draft house because we don't got no picks. That's yeah, we ain't got no picks. Pick. But all y'all going through turmoil <laughs> and drama. We're sitting back, chilling, 
eating our Roscoe's at our draft house in Hollywood Hills while y'all endure all this drama. Your daughter doesn't <laughs> want to see me at center. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now, Tyler. He doesn't want to see me at the draft house. You really think Sean McVay's having uh, Roscoe's at, at the draft house? <laughs> no, they're probably having <laughs> Kale salad. No, 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 Nobu and all that stuff, you know. Mastro. Oh, Nobu, sushi. I like that. Okay, yeah, cool. Nobu, some it's, Mastro's, you know. It's, it's funny you say that you brought up the Rams because if there's anybody looking to see the 49ers get weaker, it's the Rams. Right. It's the Rams. You know, they, they played them in the playoffs, obviously got past them. To reach the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, but the Rams were the biggest thorn in, in the, excuse me, the 49ers were the biggest thorn in the Rams side in the last couple of years. Um, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, that's been one of the best matchups among young coaches in the NFL too. So if I'm the Rams and I'm seeing Debo Samuel go crazy, I'm like, go ahead, Debo, free, free yourself, free yourself. You know, the Bay may not be better than LA, but anywhere else is better. Then NFC West, which you're in, so <laughs> I can definitely understand the Rams' point of view of this too. But uh, Tyler, you know, just one more thing. I guess let's let's talk about the bigger scope here and the bigger picture of 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 the NFL here. You know, in the NBA, you and I are big NBA fans. We've seen guys like LeBron James dictate where they want to go, who they want to play with. Um, other players have done that in the NBA, and the NFL has been kind of harder to do that um, because of restraints like the salary cap and ownership and things like that really trying to maintain a stronghold of their team and who they get. But, you know, Tom Brady can go, you know, almost anywhere he wants. He's in Tampa. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can stay in Green Bay and get $50 million. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can stay in Kansas City and get $500 million. Deshaun Watson could leave Houston and go to another team, the Cleveland Browns, to get $230 million. But these receivers, we've seen Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill mainly um, tell their teams, hey, straight up, I loved being here. We made some magic happen when I was here. Devontae Adams said, hey, we went to three straight NFC title games and we couldn't get pushed. We couldn't go forward because there was no other receiver here for Aaron Rodgers. And Tyreek Hill said, hey, we won a Super Bowl and went to four straight Super Bowls um, with Patrick Mahomes and, and and Travis Kelsey. But if you're not going to give me the money to show me that I'm one of the big three in this team here, I'm going to go get it from somewhere else. And they both got it from somewhere else. And I could definitely see why Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, are seeing the money thrown around and say, all right, if I need to go to another team so I can secure the bag, secure it for myself, for my family, my future, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. See, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but for Debo, it's not about the money because mm -hmm. the 49ers are willing to give him mm -hmm. the bag. Are they willing to give him Tyreek Hill and, uh, and, and, and um, Devontae Adams money? Now, it's, but see, He's, he's not. not he, he may not be worth it. He may not be worth it. But if he feels he's valued like that and he's doing so much for them, he should be close in that range. Maybe he not, should. Maybe, I, not, maybe not sixty mil guaranteed. Maybe you know in the forty fifty. You know maybe not in the in the eighteen to twenty million range, but maybe at least in the sixteen. He should. He definitely should. It's just the question is: if, Does he want to be there? And does he want to be utilized the way? He currently is in San Francisco. So I think it is a little bit different than Tyree Kill because the Chiefs weren't going to give him that type of money because they got to pay other uh, position groups and yeah. they're giving Patrick Holmes half a billion dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the Packers didn't want to pay Devontae Adams. Right. Pay Aaron Rodgers. I don't yeah. like betting uh -huh. against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have, have, have some uh, uh, softness. Uh, hey, uh, I got, I got yeah. this two by me. That's two by me already if we're keeping count <laughs> of the podcast, Tyler. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think with Debo, too, I mean, for him specifically, 
I understand why you wouldn't want to be used like that, but I think the 49ers also unlocked the way to use him effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so either compensate him for that handsomely or, you know, see if he can do it as an outside receiver, which, you know, not to say that he can't, but I think the 49ers also showed what he could do if you put the ball in his hands. And if you're any player, at the end of the day, I think you do favor having the ball in your hands, and I think you want the consummate um, pay to go with it, not doing all this on a rookie deal and having my body wear down before I secure my future. Yeah, if Debo continues to play like that, he will not be the same player in three to five years, guaranteed. Another contract situation we are keeping an eye on here on It's a Football Podcast is Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Tyler's done some work on this as well with Kyler Murray wanting a contract extension after, I mean, let's face it, one of the worst games of his career in the playoffs against the Rams on the last playoffs. But I think Kyler Murray is seeing some of the deals that we've been talking about here, Tyler, in regards to the quarterbacks, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen secured his deal a couple of years ago. Lamar Jackson, we're going to be keeping an eye on that one too. But Kyler Murray did not report to uh, voluntary workouts again um, this week, this month, this week, excuse me. Um, again, again, let me rephrase and, and make it a clear. These are voluntary workouts. They're not mandatory. You don't have to go there. They're voluntary workouts for NFL players at this time. But um, I think it's pretty interesting, uh, Tyler, because of the fact that we had some former Arizona Cardinals uh, running back Chase Edmonds, who just signed with the Miami Dolphins, and also Patrick uh, Peterson, who played with the Cardinals. And uh, Chase Edmonds appeared on a podcast um, ran by Patrick Peterson and my boy, Brian McFadden, former Steelers corner, Super Bowl winner as well, MacArthur High School. I read for my boy, Brian McFadden, always, Tyler. But Chase Edmonds pretty much criticized Arizona saying that they, you know, kind of do a bad job and drop the ball, keeping key guys. Uh, Chandler Jones, especially, is one of them who left and went to the, you know, Las Vegas Raiders this offseason. Uh, Tyler, wh- wh- where do you think Kyler Murray is kind of standing in this situation where he's trying to get a new contract from his team? Let's remember he's the number one pick, number one pick in 2019. They tossed Josh Rosen to the side and picked him with the first pick, and it's been pretty – Nice for Cliff Kingsbury and, and Steve Kime and those guys in Arizona the last couple of years with Kyler Murray, but he wants some long-term security as well. Well, first of all, Patrick Peterson and Chase Edmonds are right. <laughs> the Cardinals, they have never won a Super Bowl in franchise history, and they're an organization that still needs to build a reputation as a winner. They need mm-hmm. to establish a culture. And they've let key veterans, pillar-type players, walk. I mean, Patrick Peterson, yes, he's a little old. He's not the same player, but they let him out the door. Um, You know, Larry Fitzgerald, yes, he was old, but, you know, they let him uh, out the door. And now we're seeing most recently uh, Chase Edmonds, arguably their best running back, let him walk in free agency. Yes, they still have James Conner. I get that. But then the biggest one, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is one of the five, ten best pass rushers still in the NFL. You do not get better letting him walk in free agency, which they did to the Las Vegas Raiders. So when you look at the what they're saying, they are correct because they don't do a good job at retaining players and being aggressive in free agency. 
Stop it. Who have the Cardinals got a name in free agency? Oh, man. Is this the, is this the part of the podcast where you pass your Cardinals <laughs> for the second straight week, Tyler? <laughs> who, who have they got? Who have Listen, they got? I, just, I, just, I want everybody in Arizona, I want the Cardinals franchise to know I got no part of this. Whatever you hear, views expressed on the podcast. I'm just I'm not from Safi Dean. I'm just keeping it real. Who have they got? I know you're wearing Cardinal Red, so oh. maybe 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 they picked up you. Did they pick up you in free agency? No, no, no. Sorry. This is uh, Sports oh. Plus Red, by the way. This is Sports oh. Plus Red. We have okay. with Arizona. Okay. So they, they haven't done anything in free agency. They've done okay. next to nothing. Yeah. And then you have Kyler Murray sitting there like, I want a new deal. His agents bashing the team. It's mm-hmm. like, man, what, what are you guys – doing over there <laughs> what, what are you trying to build by the way you have the super bowl champion in your division so it, it's a situation that i just don't understand the franchise and what they're trying how they're trying to build in the, the direction they're trying to go um they need desperately need kyler murray to stay there because now he not only is box office but he helps you win games. They entered the playoffs last year. Obviously, didn't have any success. But they got to get a way to uh, rectify the situation, make amends, and give him a contract that he deserves. And hopefully, for Kyler Murray's sake, a contract where the team still has the ability to sign other players because they have not shown <laughs> the willingness or the motivation to sign players in free agency that can make the franchise better. So I, I'm i on the side of the players in Kyler Murray because mm-hmm. the Cardinals have not done anything to improve that, to drastically improve the team to be a winner. And when you see other teams in the division, especially the Rams that are, it just makes you wonder. Now, however, though, on Kyler Murray's part, he should be more willing to go to off-season workouts. Even if they're voluntary, even Tyler? If they're, even if they're voluntary. Because <laughs> if as a competitor, as an athlete, when you see the Rams have attendance and Cooper Cup's there and, you know, you have Matthew Stafford there. Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl. And he's over there lifting weights, doing there. plyometrics, <laughs> jumping. <laughs> over hurdles, and I don't know what you're doing. So, I Ooh. mean, what, what I mean, the optics of that when you have a veteran mm. quarterback who just won a Super Bowl, who's at voluntary workouts, and you're yeah. not when you're trying to get there, that sends a bad message. And then on the other side, you have players like JJ Watt, AJ Green, uh, James Conner, who are at the Cardinals facility working out, and your that, leader of your franchise. Person? Is Zach Ertz there too? Uh, I don't know if Zach Ertz is there, but you know it's different for a quarterback. You're held to a higher standard. Mm. So and I'm seeing quarterbacks Kyle. across the league at voluntary workouts. Oh, so you're holding Kyle Including Murray. your boy Tua. My boy's out here. You see Tua out here? <laughs> you see Tua out here? So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Tyler. Look, I, I completely – I side with the players in terms of contracts. I side with them not getting criticism for not going to voluntary workouts. Um, look, Kyler Murray needs another receiver to throw to. I'm not even sure if DeAndre Hopkins is there, and that's the only one he really needs to throw to. Um, but look, the Cardinals <laughs> re-signed AJ Green. They re-signed James Conner. They got that's a pretty decent offense when you have Kyler kind of off script, especially with Rondell Moore there in the back in, in the in the on the team as well. 
Um, but yeah, they do need another number two guy. They need another receiver. They need to keep Kyler Murray happy first and foremost, okay? Because mm-hmm. look, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Wilkes, these guys both got contract extensions. And the only way they're going to keep that job afterwards is if Kyler Murray stays there. Like you mentioned, box office, star power. He's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. Um, he's, you know, defying his height and size every chance he gets. Um, <clears throat> and he's a really, really dynamic player. He's the franchise. He's literally the franchise. So they're going to have to come to some agreement at some point. I would hate to see uh, State Farm Stadium's attendance with Colt McCoy starting that quarterback for the Arizona mm. Cardinals. Oh, it might look a little bit like uh, the Oakland A's stadium uh, oh. in the past few weeks where they've had under 2,000 people there. So. <laughs> Just some strays, strays from everybody. Everybody can catch all up. over. Everybody could catch it from Tyler. They're gonna to learn today, right, producer? Did, did you see the Oakland A Stadium? The the I I have more people at my high school basketball games oh. than the Oakland A's. Oh, more people, <laughs> more people watching you play high school basketball, Tyler. It wasn't than just me. It, was, it wasn't just me. It was other, it wasn't other just players. You. Okay. Oh, team player, Tyler Dragon. Team, team player, team player. player. I was scoring points now. Though. Oh, oh, what was your average in high school, Tyler? Hold on, since we're on the topic. What did I add? I think like deep 14 uh, points a game. I was more, you know, a nah, utility player. No, nah, I don't believe that. Four, I don't believe 14, that. 6. I'm 14, 6. I'm calling cap. You're tall enough. You're tall, not even a lot. You're, you're tall to get some points. But in a high school game, you're not going to have the ball enough to get 14, are you? I'm not going to have the ball enough. Solid. Oh, you, I was like the number one, number two option. Oh, okay, okay. So you're number one, number two, only getting 14. All right, that's why. Okay, cool. Yeah, right, we got like 50, 60 points a game. Like we play defense. We're defense-minded teams. Oh, so you got a quarter of the points in a 50-60 point game. You guys are playing 80s basketball. Low low scoring. Yeah, low scoring, defense. You know, I played back in the day in the 60s where there was hand checking, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the 90s, you mean in the 90s. Come on. Don't date yourself too much here, Tyler. Uh, let's get into another quarterback who is not in the NFL and hasn't been in the NFL for more than five years. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is still trying to make a comeback, Tyler, um, and was on the I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall's podcast, um, shot, shot in Florida, and he pretty much said, give me a chance. Come in and let me compete. If I'm not good enough, get rid of me. But let me come in and show you. Um, Colin Kaepernick has been, let's face it, blackballed by NFL owners since he, you know, was kneeling during the national anthem and Donald Trump was saying, get this SOB off the field. Um, you know, it's been so many years since Donald Trump has been in office, so many years since Colin Kaepernick was the height of talk around the NFL because of his, you know, protests of, you know, racial and social injustices, Tyler. Um, and now five years after he's played a snap, he's trying to get back in the league still. Um, and, you know, if he, he'll take a backup role. He'll even take a backup role. But I think he wants an opportunity to kind of show – he can still play and still kind of be a vessel for a change that he wants to see in our country. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to get the opportunity to do that, though. Tyler, what do you think? So, first of all, let's reiterate that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling during the national anthem to protest against racial injustices and you know police brutality. Mm-hmm. He was not protesting against the national anthem. Nope, he, was he wasn't. Not protesting against the flag. So let's he was get that out of the way. <laughs> let's make that crystal clear 
for everybody who is listening. Those now, are hey, those are the facts. Those aren't the alternative facts that other people have been spewing. So That's let's get that clear. Reality, now, number two, his naysayers were saying, well, he can't play football anymore. He doesn't have the talent. And then other people were saying, oh, well, he doesn't want to play football anymore. And then other people were saying, uh, what else were they saying? Uh, he uh, won't talk. He won't talk to the media. We don't know his vantage point. We don't know his motivation. So he has talked now after five years. I mean, it did take him a long time. I will say that he should have, you know, spoken his truth a long time ago and said he wanted to play. But he has talked now. We have former NFL players, Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, and many more who've worked out, Tyler Lockett, worked out with him. And what do they all say? He absolutely has the skills, skill, to be on an NFL roster. Now, these aren't just Joe Blows living at their mama house, never played sports before. Like these, these are guys. I ain't living at my mama house. These, <laughs> these are guys who have played in the NFL and have been productive, have been pro bowlers. So they know what it looks like. So they're saying he deserves a shot and he is still one of the best 64 quarterbacks in the world. And they're saying that he wants to play and he's saying he wants to play. So there's really no excuse anymore. So, yes, he sued the NFL. That lawsuit has been settled. So what's the deal? Give him a shot. He said he wants a shot. He said he's not trying to be a starter. He won't go in and say demand a starting job. He's willing to be a backup, willing to be second or third string. The NFL is running out of excuses. These teams are running out of excuses. What's wrong with giving him a shot? And he's always wanted a shot. It's just NFL owners, they're dug in right now, and they're blackballing them. So it's going to be up to one owner to having the courage and saying, you know what, I'm going to give this man an opportunity. And if he makes the football team, great. If he doesn't, so be it. But at least give the man a chance. At you're least ask- give him a chance. You're asking NFL owners to have courage like, you know, some, <laughs> I know I'm asking a lot. You know, some some barely have the courage to hire a black coach or hire yeah. you know black assistant coaches. You know, some you know barely have the honor to give Callan Kaepernick a shot, like like we mentioned the last five years too. Once you sue the league and its owners, um, you know, you face a tough time coming back. You really do. Um, regardless if the owners are, you know, Republican and believed in Trump or Trump followers or you know, if they're left wing, anything like that, regardless of that, you're, you're, you're suing the owners, you're suing the NFL. Um, everybody keeps a mental note of it, regardless of what you got going on. And they continue to keep it pushing. Um, and that's sad. It's unfortunate, but it's the world that Colin Kaepernick has lived the last five years. Um, I'm surprised that not, not surprised, but it's the life that Brian Flores is going to live the next couple of years. If head coaching jobs become available and the teams are going to remember that he's suing the league or sued the league. Um, even though he's got a position job with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, linebackers. Thank you, Mike Tomlin, for handing Brian Flores' life vest there and, and bringing him on too. But um, look, I think when when the league goes through things like this with Colin Kaepernick and um, you know the NFL pretty much took a divisive stand towards him and said we don't want you to kneel during the national anthem, we don't want you to protest racial and social injustices, 
we don't want you to use your voice and be louder than the team and, and what's on the field. And this is all unfortunate and a system of the NFL. Um, but I agree with you, Tyler. I think somebody should give him a chance. There, There's still that argument out there that, you know, if there's two quarterbacks per team, 64 quarterbacks in the league, are there really 64 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick in the league? You know, I wouldn't say there's, you know, with, are there really 32 starters in the league better than Colin Kaepernick? It's been a while since he's played. The five-year layoff of not playing, um, not seeing receivers and not going up against defenses for five years, that'll take a toll on his game for sure. I'm not saying that, you know, he's playing against, you know, he's practicing against and with some players, not really against tough defenses, not really against a huge coverage area. So there could be a little skip that, that, that Colin Kaepernick kind of has to avoid if he does come back and play. But, you know, 34 years old, quarterbacks in this league, Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing until it's 38. Um, Tom Brady's obviously the outlier at 40, whatever he is, 44. Um, you know, guys play late into their 30s in this league. And Colin Kaepernick is standing back there and make some throws. He still has the ability to do that. I don't know if he can lead the team to the NFC title game again like he did with San Fran back in 2011, I believe. But, look, man, I think Colin Kaepernick should get a chance. But that's asking a lot from NFL owners and NFL teams. All I know is I know Seattle before has expressed some interest, little interest. Colin Kaepernick, five years removed from the game, is better than Drew Locke. I have not seen anything from Drew Locke that shows me that he's a starting quarterback in this league who can lead a franchise, and that's who Seattle's current starting quarterback is. I will even go as far as to say Colin Kaepernick is better than Mitch Trubisky, who is slated to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) What has Trubisky done in this league? You can even make the case, a compelling case, that Kaepernick is better than Carson Wentz, who keeps on hopping from team to team to team and is with the Washington Commanders right now. I mean, if you look at Kaepernick's body of work, yes, it's been a while, and Carson Wentz's body of work, Colin Kaepernick took a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, Carson Wentz nearly did, but Colin Kaepernick has been to the playoffs multiple times and been successful. I mean, there are multiple quarterbacks. I think that Colin Kaepernick are better than that are starting we can, and definitely number two quarterbacks who he's better than. We can, we can have this argument all day, you know, Tyler, and we can have it for the last five years. A lot of people on social media have had that same <laughs> argument, but the owners don't care if quarterback number one or quarterback number two are worse than Colin Kaepernick. They keep their mouth shut and they don't protest anything. And they're just team players who are not looking out for, themselves or really looking out to make more of their voice like Colin Kaepernick does. And that's the sad truth about it here. And it's really going to be a team that has to say, all right, Colin, do you want to come play with us? Well, are you going to keep your mouth shut? No. Okay. Well, how much are you going to talk? Well, everybody, you have a, every time you have a mic in front of you, are you going to say something that's divisive? Or are you going to say something that really does promote change instead of, you know, kind of rile up everybody else um, like it does too. So if an owner is willing to make that commitment to him and, you know, he's willing to play and, and, and make a fact and be a factor for a team, then I think everybody should kind of go all in on it. But it's kind of hard to go all in on Colin when you're an NFL owner and you kind of stand with your other NFL owners and maybe you stand on the other side of racial and social injustice than the one that Colin Kaepernick is fighting for. It's just unfortunate that owners think like that and that is their logic because it is so abundantly clear to me that they will be on the right side of history if they were to 
you know, step out on courage and give him a chance. It's not saying he has to be the face of your franchise or your starting quarterback, but the man is asking for a chance. And it's going to be a black stain on the NFL in the long run if he never plays again, because everybody knows why he didn't play. It wasn't his skill level. It wasn't, you know, about his ability on the field. It was about him protesting racial injustices in this league during the national anthem. And the fact that that's considered divisive is a shame. It's kind of crazy how we did a whole podcast, Tyler, a week before the NFL draft. And about 40 minutes in, we're going to finally talk about the NFL draft, man. <laughs> Can we talk about the interest surrounding this draft? Because the NFL draft is arguably behind the Super Bowl, the biggest event on the NFL calendar. And because of the weakness of the draft or the weakness of star potential in this draft, um, it's getting buried in our podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry, producer Emily. Uh, but we got the NFL draft coming up on April 28th. 28th. April 28th. I had to pull it up just to make sure I was correct and 100% true. Um, the NFL draft is coming up in a week. And Tyler, the top five, uh, I don't see a quarterback coming in the top five like we have seen in recent years with guys like just, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, Tua Tungabailoa, who are some other, uh, Number two picks we've seen, number number top five picks of quarterbacks that we've seen. I'm not going to help you. Kyler Murray. I just want you to guess. Kyler Murray, that's another number one pick. All right, yeah. That's all all my list there. Um, (laughs) But we're going to have like a Miles Garrett kind of draft where uh, DN or offensive tackle can go number one overall. It's very likely the top five could consist of DNs and offensive tackles and maybe a nice cool guy named Sauce Gardner corner out of Cincinnati there but uh Tyler you know your thoughts on the draft and and who do you think let's let's just take it off right here who do you think is going to be the number one pick so this can be the first time since 2017 I believe that a non-quarterback is going to go number one overall now if I had the number one pick I would pick uh Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon that's it I were a GM and an owner. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Aiden uh, Hutchinson out of Michigan. Yeah. I think the Jaguars are infatuated with him. Uh, he's the safer pick. But overall, I do think Thibodeau has a higher upside, and he has the ability to be a superstar defensive end. Uh, and I don't use that term you know, lightly. So... If I were a GM, I would pick him. I do think it's going to be two defensive ends, edge rushers going in the top two. The number three pick is where I think it's going to get interesting what the Texans have that pick currently. Uh, It can be Sauce Gardner. It can be, you know, an offensive tackle. Um, But I don't think a quarterback is going in that top five. You got what, the Giants, Jets, Texans, Lions, and Jags. So, no quarterbacks in that. I do believe that probably Kenny Pickett, I'm hearing he might be drafted first, the, be the first quarterback, first quarterback drafted, really? drafted over Malik Willis. Over Malik Willis. Um, but I would not be surprised if it were reversed. I would also not be surprised if Malik Willis went first in the draft as the first quarterback taken. But also I, I'm kind of worried about how early he does go in the draft 
I wouldn't say worried is the right word, but I'm wondering how teams value him. And I'm not sure if the Detroit Lions value, you know, Malik Willis enough for him to be the number two pick. I'm not sure if the Carolina Panthers value him enough to be the number six pick, although they should. Um, I'm not sure if the Atlanta Falcons, you know, value him at eight. And I think Seattle, if he's there at nine, could definitely, you know, walk down that bridge and go take him. But this is a really, really interesting draft, Tyler, where the top, the top end talent is mostly in positions, um, and and it's not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I think Hutchinson, like you said, goes number one overall to, to Jacksonville, um, and if he doesn't go number one, he's definitely going to go number two to Detroit. I don't think Hutchinson gets past the first two picks, um, and it's really interesting for me, Tyler. I was really on the train of you know a guy like Evan Neal, the left tackle from Alabama, or the uh, the left tackle from NC State. I really thought those two guys, especially Evan Neal, had a chance to go number one overall. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Jaguars, because you have Trevor Lawrence, and I know there's, you know, emphasis on getting the edge rusher to, to attack the quarterback, but, you know, they have Cam Robinson, their left tackle on a franchise tag. Even if he's there for one more year, who knows if you're going to get a long-term deal after that. If you're that high up and you can go get a left tackle in the draft already with your number one pick, why don't you just go get him and figure it out for one season what you're going to do with both players and at least have Evan Neal for the long run, then kind of getting an edge rusher, and then you need to find a left tackle again after not signing um, Cam Robinson to a long-term deal. So I think that's the conundrum that the, tech, the, the Jaguars are going through right now. And the Lions, like we mentioned, we were on a you know Twitter spaces with Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. You know, Do they take a quarterback number two? They certainly need one. Jared Goff is not the answer. Um, they had Matthew Stafford for so many years after he was the number one pick in 2008. Um, but he couldn't get them past, you know, anything in the playoffs there too. So there's going to be some intrigue on in how this top five unfolds. Kayvon Thibodeau is arguably probably one of the most, um, you know, a, a polarizing player in this draft because of, you know, not only his plan his field, but how he interviewed during the draft process. And uh, I'm really interested to see what teams like the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Seahawks do because those three teams at the top 10 do need quarterbacks desperately. I would love to see Malik Willis in either Atlanta. He's from the area, went to Roswell High School. Okay. Or I would love to see him in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, I think he will uh, – well, in both places, I think he would have the ability to sit one year behind Trubinsky and to sit um, – Behind uh, who's the quarterback? In, uh, with the I'm not, I'm not gonna help you. No, 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 no. I know, I know who it is. It's the other quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. out of Oregon. Uh-huh. You know, you know. Uh, I, I'm drawing blank on his name. You he know, his won name. The I know his name. He yeah. won the Heisman. He won the Heisman. No, he didn't. Yeah, he Did he really Heisman. win the Heisman? Yeah, he won the Heisman. Marcus don't Mariota. You, don't you, the producer? Emily. Marcus Mariota. How dare you? See, yeah, you knew I knew his name though. But yeah, I do think. I mean, I'm not. This is not breaking news, but Malik Willis is better long term. Marcus <laughs> Mariota. So I would like. I think in Atlanta, it, it he would be box office because he's from there. Mm-hmm. But I also like him in Pittsburgh as well. Now, yeah, that that top the top five. Nobody really knows how this is going to play out. This is one of the most unsettling drafts. I mean, mystifying drafts I've seen um, in recent memory leading up to the draft because even at number one. Is Aiden Hutchinson really worthy of a number one overall yeah, pick? Yeah, I don't think so. Does either. he really move the needle? Is he a JJ Watt kind of player for you? No, nah, not at all. The is only he, player, is he a honestly, Watt kind of player for you? No, no. 
The is only bad player that I'm comparing him to other white DNs. Oh uh, yeah, it kind of is. Is he Miles Garrett? Is he Miles Garrett to you? Definitely not. Is he, is, he, is he Nick Bosa to you? I don't think so either. No. I don't think he's no. Nick Bosa good. We're going to have think, this clip cut, run back in a couple of years when he's the best DN in the league. But, but, but see, I can say he is coming out of Michigan. He's as polished as Joey Bosa. Mm. I will say that. Joey Bosa. He's okay. a polished. He doesn't, you know, beat you with his athleticism. He's just, you know, a technician like Joey Bosa is. So I will say I can compare him to Joey Bosa a little bit, but I still don't think he has the production as a Joey Bosa, who was defensive rookie of the year. You know, I just said Evan Neal, the left tackle out of Alabama, was considered, you know, kind of early on January as number one pick. Kayvon Thibodeau was considered a number one pick for so many years, all the three years he was in Oregon until his last year where, you know, guys like Hodgson and Neal kind of, you know, took center stage a little bit more. Um, you know, the left tackle out of NC State is really going up the charts. Um, you know, even FSU, Jermaine Johnson, he's another DN. Um, if you're in the top 10 and you're looking for a DN, you got a really good chance to get one. Um, you know, and if you're in the top five, top six, and you're looking for a left tackle, you got a really good chance to get one. Um, and I know the, the, the draft is all about, you know, uh, the position players, the receivers. I think at least four or five receivers going this first round, um, you know, and – uh, you know, I'm not sure when a quarterback goes. I think maybe you'll be lucky if you get more than two quarterbacks. Take the under on that. But when you got to talk about those big boys, the ends and the left tackles, these are the guys that are really franchise cornerstones. And some of these teams here in the draft are going to have an opportunity to get some of those players. And you hope for their sake that they pick the right ones. These are facts. Or, or you'll be like Washington or the Giants wishing you picked Justin Herbert instead of, you know, some more. Or, or the Dolphins. The Dolphins are still kicking themselves for not I wasn't going to go there. Tungo Vailoa. So you say tongue first. Oh, Vailoa. Producer Um, Emily just had that button really set. She she was ready to press that one. She She was ready to press that one. I don't know which one, which button she pressed harder, faster. That one or your base better than L.A.? And the base better than L.A. First of all, that's not even me. That's not even me. That kind of sounds like you. That's not even me. That music means it's time for another Insiders Trivia Edition. We have to get this in this week because it is a draft-themed trivia quiz for our insiders. We already saw how much Safed knows about the quarterbacks drafted number one overall in the past. Yeah. So let's get into a let's get into a couple other questions here for you guys. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's start off with Tyler here. And again, most of these are true, false, or multiple choice to give you guys a chance. So true or false, let's see how much hope the Jacksonville Jaguars should have this year. True or false, no team has ever gone from first overall pick to Super Bowl champions in the same season. First overall pick to Super Bowl champion in the same season. That is true. No team has ever gone from picking the first pick in the draft to Super Bowl champions, though three teams have gone from first pick to the Super Bowl. They just didn't win those years. That was the Minnesota Vikings loss, the Dallas Cow or in Super Bowl four, Dallas Cowboys loss in Super Bowl ten, and New England Patriots loss in Super Bowl 
20. Also, eight teams have gone to the playoffs after selecting first overall, so there is some hope for the Jacksonville Jaguars is what we're getting out of this. Are we? <laughs> Are we? There's some hope. There's some hope. Jacksonville Beach is one of the best places in the country, by the way. But uh, All right. next question. They're in the AFC South. Soffid. <laughs> this one is specifically for you, both for your quarterback knowledge and your Miami roots. How oh, many quarterbacks were drafted before Hall of Famer Dan Marino in 1983's Ooh, draft. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Don't look it up. No, I'm not looking it up. Hands right here. Hands so, right you, here. do you want your you want your options? Oh, I have options. You do have options. Good. They're not very helpful, but we'll go. It was it two quarterbacks, three, four, or five. I think Dan Marino was the fifth quarterback, so I want to say four. So he close. He was the sixth quarterback. So five oh. quarterbacks went before him in 1993. That was John Elway, Todd Blackledge, Jim Kelly, Tony Eason, and Ken O'Brien, who went to the Jets at pick number 24, three picks before Dan Marino at number 27. You see how easy it is to forget about all those guys? All those guys? Pretty good quarterback class. Jim Kelly, John Elway, Dan Marino. That's a great quarterback class. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Tyler with question number three. Now you both, oh no, Safa got that one wrong. So Tyler no. has one, Safa has none. Going on to question three, Tyler, there's been a lot of talk about some of these players that I'm about to mention this week. They were all drafted in the 2019 draft. So order the following players from the 2019 draft in order of which they were selected. Terry McLaurin, Kyler Murray, Debo Samuel, and A.J. Brown. Why does he get all the easy ones, Producer Emily? I gave you Dan okay. Marino twice, two weeks. Two weeks I okay. gave you Dan Marino. Can, can Kyler Murray, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, and who else? Debo. Debo Samuel. The question is Debo and A.J. Because I know Terry was a third-round pick, and Debo and A.J. were second-round pick. I'm going to say Debo, A.J., and then Terry. So Kyler, Debo, AJ, and Terry McLaurin. So it's so AJ close. and then Debo. No, even... Oh, hold on. I might have messed this one up. Kyler Murray was first. Then I said Debo, AJ, and then Terry McLaurin. Good. You are correct. Obviously, Kyler Murray went number one in that draft, followed by Debo Samuels in round two at pick 36, A.J. Brown at round two, pick 51, and Terry McLaurin round three, pick 76. So you've got two to Safed zero. Safed, you have two chances because I have a bonus in here for oh, you to try to make it up. Question. So let's go to I question should, first four. I feel like I should get a bonus because you told me I was wrong. Okay. And then I was actually right. don't know how podcast editing works. We're obviously (laughs) cutting all of that out. (laughs) We're keeping it so the producer is always right. And we're moving on to question four. Three teams have never had the first overall pick. Which of the following has had the first overall pick? Denver Broncos, Baltimore Ravens, Seattle Seahawks, New Orleans Saints. Which of those is the only team of this group to have the first overall pick? 
Let's say Seahawks. The Denver Broncos, Again. Baltimore Ravens, and Seattle Seahawks have not had the first overall pick in the history of the draft. The New Orleans Saints have had it once in 1981. They took mm. running back George Rogers out of South Carolina. So we continue with Tyler's reign, but let's finish out these questions. Tyler, let's see if you can answer this final one. God, Which I hope college... it's a question from 1980. Please. <laughs> Which college has produced the most draft picks in NFL history? Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State, or Alabama? Ooh, not even the U. Not even the U's on there, Tyler. Notre Dame produced a lot of players back in the day. They don't produce a lot of players now. I'm going to say Ohio State. Is Notre Dame with 520, followed by USC with 516, Ohio State with 473, and Alabama with 380. That don't mean it, all those I players were good. The, I was on the right track. <laughs> I was. On the, I, I you were. We you did were. learn previously that the draft dates back to the 1930s, and that gives Notre Dame plenty of time to have mm-hmm. had some of those picks in there. You want to go the bonus? Who said this? I'm good. This? I was good at this game. I was good at this game. Yeah, let's right. do it. So the, here, here, this is an all or nothing. Safed, if you can answer this question what? correctly, I'll give the game to you. What? It's my I'm rules. You heard it's that? my rules. We're like I said last week. We're doing the USFL. You know, we just want the people to be entertained. Oh right. So okay. Safed, which former draft selection? said this very short quote here there were nine mistakes ahead of me (laughs) this was josh rosen (laughs) i win i'm the winner i'm the winner give soffit the game i'm I'm the winner 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 chicken dinner congratulations soffit you are correct he said this in the 2018 draft after he was infamously picked with the number 10 pick the product after ucla was very honest saying he was pissed really angry and that there were nine mistakes ahead of him when he was selected by the arizona cardinals he's so Safa sad Safa so does not win this game <laughs> <laughs> i love the producer's rules producer emily you rule your rules rule love your games i want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition with myself, Safa Dean, and Tyler Dragon. We're your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports Plus. And if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. Remember, we want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. Thanks for listening again, guys. Thank you. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Saga.